Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan, Jesse Go, Jesse's out of town, but never fear. I've got Joel Church Cooper from the Rotten Tomatoes television program and Jim Vestante from the game show. Let's go. Uh, you're listening to Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jordan Morris, boy detective, uh, filling in in the big host chair for the uh, vacationing uh, Jesse Thorne. Uh, and I have some very able uh, co-hosts with me today. Uh, uh, some people I've been wanting to have on the podcast for some time. Uh, and, you know, and I, I, I wanted to bring in people with uh, uh, different areas of expertise, uh, expertise uh, because the philosophy on Jordan Jessico has always been cast a wide net. Uh, we're a general interest show, uh, kind of the Time Magazine or the Newsweek of podcasts. So I wanted to just have a little something for everyone. Maybe a more apt comparison would be uh, Reader's Digest. This is the Reader's Digest of podcasts. Uh, so here was some stories of humor and uniform. Uh, no, uh, from uh, from the world of movies, uh, we have a writer-producer from uh, the Rotten Tomatoes show on current television based on the popular website, uh, and a comedian here in Los Angeles, Joel Church Cooper. Joel, thank you for being here. Hello, podcast listeners. And uh, from the world of video games, uh, uh, host of The Game Show, or co-host of The Game Show, uh, a streaming uh, web program that is uh, that can be seen on thestream.tv, uh, Jim Festante. Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jordan Morris. So we have someone from movies, someone from video games, something for everyone, right? Exactly. These are the two things people in society are interested in, right? The cornerstones. I True. feel like between the three of us, we're really covering... We're blanketing Los Angeles in, in, in terms of an entertainment market area. Just we, we have it all covered. Yeah, I think so, too. Because you do action sports at Fuel TV. I do action sports. Uh, Joel, you do movies. Jim, you do video games. What else is there to be interested in culturally? I don't know. I mean, I guess the opera, but <laughs> I don't know any faggots. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we'll just have to let that demo slip away. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, guys, you know, Joel, you mentioned Los Angeles, and I think that's maybe a good place to open this up. Um, Guys, maybe you've noticed the trend in Los Angeles, uh, the trendy food truck. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. food truck. Food truck, for for those of you who don't live in Los Angeles, is all the rage here. You can walk down the streets at a bar. There'll be a, you know, food truck serving... Indian food tacos, or some sort of amalgam of two different things. <laughs> yeah, it's always a, it's always some sort of cultural combination. It's always a Korean burrito, an Indian taco. It's all well, it's all something with Mexican food because really, okay. or it's really just something between a tortilla is what I would say. <laughs> okay, sure. Because yeah. I mean, it's I mean, you can't go wrong with something cool in a corn tortilla. You know, like it always tastes good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so this has been going on for you know for about a year. It's like you you know these are. You follow the trucks on Twitter, and they're all staffed by very attractive indie rock people. Everything's organic, uh, locally grown, that sort of thing. And it's one of those things that uh, I found – they're all tasty. Every every gourmet food truck that I've sampled has been very tasty. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like 
you wish your coworkers would just shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> is that is that apt? Do you guys feel like maybe that's something that's maybe over talked a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean I'm on I work on Wilshire, which is like a huge contingent of the food trucks hanging out. Oh, yeah, you that, guys that is a battle, right? right yeah, going on right and, now. And it's also yeah, that's the thing. It's like a battle amongst trucks, but also amongst so the restaurants have, that are there. So you have different uh white guys with dreadlocks getting out of the trucks to throw French fry <laughs> grease on each other for turf reasons. Well and and in addition to the low level employees at these restaurants that are parked there all the time because they're buildings uh, sending out their like low-level employees to take up parking spots so the food trucks can't park there. Oh, wow. This is a, yeah, it's I've been serious. reading about it online. <laughs> uh, it, oh, this is kind of an interesting uh, offshoot out of another L.A. turf war I read about recently. Uh, uh, in front of uh, Man's Chinese, there's the crazy costume characters that take your picture. And right. your money. Uh, 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 so the, the, these are people not employed by the theater, but people who just have taken it upon themselves to dress up like Spider-Man or Freddy Krueger to take pictures with tourists. And for those of you who haven't been, I think you got to set the scene a little bit. There is nothing to do in Hollywood. You come down <laughs> no, here with yes. your family and you walk around and you'll be amazed how little there is actually to see and do. You can go see Man's Chinese. Sure. And then once you're there, there was once costume characters who you could then get your pictures taken with because that is something you can say, look, I went to Hollywood. Here's Man's Chinese. And here's, here's Fat Batman. Here's Fat Batman. <laughs> and I can prove I'm from Hollywood. And there was something about that that was popular because there was something to do because there's nothing to do down there. Yeah. It, I mean, you, could, you can uh, look at stripper clothes. To be fair, there are a lot of stores selling clothes specifically for strippers. Well, I, I used to work at uh, the TV Guide uh, channel. Uh, I think they want to be called Network now. And that was right at Hollywood and Highlands, <laughs> right right where that all was going down. Hey, they're not the boss of us, Joel. We will call them whatever <laughs> the fuck we want. The uh, dog wags the tail, not the other way around. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I was down there with all those costume characters and all these tourists. And, and I think it was very clear... The air of of the tourists and the families there was just a and it was omnipresent and it was always there no matter who the tourists were and where they what country they were from was just mild disappointment you know <laughs> just like not super disappointed not like what the fuck I wasted all this money but just like really okay all right. mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And so I think that's what the costume characters were feeding off of, but you, I'm sure you have some news about these costume characters. Oh, no, uh, well, I would say the other contingent that is panhandling uh, down there by, by the kind of the Hollywood madness. It is a, is, it's a fine line between the costumed people and panhandling. Yeah, I mean, they do, have, they do want your money for taking the pictures. So I, I think it's just a, 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 a panhandling with a fantasy sci-fi element to it. <laughs> uh, uh, but the other people there asking for your money... Uh, are the guys with Discmans selling their homemade rap CDs. Right. Um, apparently, at night, the guys selling the homemade rap CDs beat up the costumed characters. All of them? I, I <laughs> In think, a turf battle? I think they're... I don't... It's, from the article I read, it does not sound like the costumed characters are fighting back. <laughs> Ironically enough. I know. <laughs> who will, who will save the costumed heroes? <laughs> Apparently, Batman's utility belt is not actually filled with weapons. Oh, uh, maybe, like... Bus uh, bus passes. There, I mean, there there was a certain when I would would walk down there for lunch and stuff, and to do I had to shoot men on the street pieces down there, which was also awful. Yeah. But um, I mean, those are always bad. But in, I, I, in general, I think I think uh, maybe you and I in our various TV positions uh, could both agree that the man on the street piece is the worst kind of television. <laughs> it is. It is the worst. It, uh, it makes you feel so uh, useless and vulnerable. You know, just yeah. be like, hey, you want to be on TV? No, no, oh, okay. And then the people who do, they're always crazy. Anyways, sure. so going down but, but there. But it almost puts 
you know, it's like you're the television person, so you should have maybe the power in this Some situation. Some power. But I feel like it puts you, like, in this situation. You're lower than a tourist. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when they refuse to be on, when you offer them television and yeah. they reject it, it should have some power in our culture of, like, do you want to be on TV? You should be like, let me think about it. You shouldn't just walk by me with a camera and just ignore me. Sure. And then when they do, and then when they do, it was awful. Even when they would stop, it would be terrible. Yeah, and it's the and I can't imagine there's anyone who actually likes watching it. Like, no. oh, I wonder what a person has to say about a thing. You know, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> but but so I would go down there and I would often get hassled by the costume characters who would want to get on camera and what they would do oh, is yeah. That's Superman- good for their business. Right. <laughs> you they would, you they see would... Fat Batman on TV Guide Network. <laughs> you, get on, uh, you get on hotwire.com. You book your ticket to L.A. They, well, they would, they, would be like, they would do their IMDb to me. They'd be like, I was on this show. I was on this show. Wow. Uh, and I would be like, yeah, I know what we're doing. Like a fashion piece. It's I think like... a part of my soul just died. <laughs> <laughs> the thought of a, uh, oh the thought of a uh, chunky Wonder Woman <laughs> oh, listing her IMDb so credits sad. is somehow upsetting But the other to thing you, I Jim? would say about, the, about the, uh, the people on Hollywood Boulevard and the costumes is you'll see what's hot at the time, you know? Because like, there'll be like a lot of Batmans, like a lot of Batmans for a while, and then there was a shit ton of, uh, of, of Jack Sparrow's. Oh yeah, and sure. then and then there'll be like your A Jack Sparrow who looks a lot like Johnny Depp, and then there'll be like your right. B. And if you go down there now, there's a lot of Joseph Gordon-Levitt from the. <laughs> <Right. laughs> he's just he's just uh, he's just on wires constantly. Just like, <laughs> right, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I, mean, I was I was thinking about an Inception joke, but yeah, because I, I mean, normally it's like whatever hot movie. Like there was a lot of people painted blue. For Avatar, yeah, no, I bet. Uh, and then that's they should so- save that body paint for when the Smurfs come out. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'm sure these people have like they know the film release schedule and they plan <laughs> the costumes. I mean, the good ones, I'm sure. And one time I did see the A Jack Sparrow at the YMCA working out with me, and that's fifty bucks a month. So if you wow. can afford that, yeah. but one, he's got to stay in good shape. You know, it's a Johnny Depp is in good shape. But two, I was like, man, that's pretty good. That's like he must be making a healthy chunk of change. Yeah, yeah. This isn't Bally's. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think those? Uh, do you think those filthy, uh, uh, poor representations uh, of these popular characters ever get sex because of it? Like, do you think there are? The, there's just some woman or person out there with such a jack Dude, there's sparrow a there's a groupie that, for everything yeah you know there's got to be some weird underground oh god <laughs> now you're making me think about it <laughs> some weird underground spider-man fucker <laughs> uh this was gonna be a story about food trucks yeah <laughs> we, we tangent, we, now we, we're talking we, about spider-man we, fucking we tangentialized <laughs> quite a bit sure thanks sarah palin uh, but you're saying our food trucks overrated? Oh no, no, you know that's not the maybe main point I was making. Okay. The, the 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 thing that uh, the dilemma that I had recently is that uh, uh, in I, I've worked at my same office for about four years, and uh, pre-trendy food truck move, it there there was a, uh, uh, a a catering truck that just came every day at lunchtime called Hotline Catering, and it is your traditional food truck. It is run by uh, a Korean man. And I, what I think is a Mexican woman with a skin disease, uh, who does all the cooking. Um, skin disease, and that she. Oh, uh, she's got maybe that blotchy Michael Jackson skin. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, she would have maybe if she didn't work at a food truck, she could maybe afford a skin bleaching, but it looks to make it uniform. But sure. But so okay. maybe if she just got herself a nice sequin jacket and positioned herself <laughs> outside of Man's Theater, sure, she could she could leave the food truck <laughs> cooking business behind. 
<laughs> and be a Michael Jackson impersonator. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, and learned English. Maybe. Although I guess that's not a prerequisite. No, you can not just really. be Spanish Michael Jackson. All you need is a hee-hee and a glove. <laughs> sure, that's yeah. All, exactly. That's all you need. Uh, and, you know, you, I suspect that they get all of their ingredients from Smart and Final. Nothing tastes organic or locally grown or... Good. Or, or good. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you're dropping three bucks. You get a bean and cheese burrito. There, there's some decent tacos. There's some nice, you know, crinkle cut fries. The whole thing is, you know, fine for a working lunch where you have to be at your desk. Um, but recently, and it's just been them. Like, it's been them for years and years and years. And in the past two weeks, the gourmet food trucks have started rolling up. The, uh, yes, there's a, there's a metal-themed burger one. Uh, called Grill 'em All. <laughs> That's a uh, heavy metal. All, all the food trucks are basically puns as well. Yeah, they're, there's a lot they're, of puns. It's heavy on puns. Yeah, and food trucks and improv group games. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, when an improv group decides they're not funny, they just start a food truck. It would seem. Uh, and. God damn, like, okay, so there's this part of me that's like, okay, well, food trucks are this obnoxious L.A. trend, and blah, 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 blah. They are delicious across the board, and they're inexpensive, and, uh, you know, it's just a a new taste delight every day. And I feel bad that I have to walk past the Korean gentleman with his change belt, the splotchy Mexican woman, (laughs) to go to the gourmet food truck uh, staffed by the beautiful hipsters. Uh, anyways, it's a dilemma. Uh, but so, not really is what you're saying. Because you're going you, to always you go, right yeah. Past. You always walk past. I know, but they de- <laughs> they definitely make eye contact. And you can tell that they can maybe sense that the that the, the era of hot wire catering, hot line catering, excuse me, is coming to an end. And yeah. I just don't know how to deal with this. Like, it's like, I feel like a a boy in a boy and his dog movie who maybe has <laughs> to take the dog out to the field. <laughs> I, I think it is a certain thing. We're entering a time in Los Angeles, you know, maybe is at the forefront of, of of this, at least. You can't just be like a thing anymore. You can't just be like, I serve food. You got to sure. have, I serve food in this way, you know, <laughs> like sure. this is my shtick. Like, uh, I'm not, I mean, if you're just a restaurant that serves food, then, I mean, you're just like. You what, know, what, it, I what, 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 yeah, what, 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 I want to go there. Yeah, what, I want to go there. Sell me. Pitch me, pitch me your idea, Does restaurant. Does it uh, come on a conveyor belt? <laughs> Are the women dressed up like anime characters? Do I have to? There's a there's a place in uh, Echo Park. It's like a vegan restaurant. I read about it where you have to enter through a stairwell and go up to go down, rather oh. than just enter through the door. Because they want to create an environment in the dining room. Of annoyance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we want to create the most annoying environment. But uh, So that you, you can't ever be disturbed by someone walking in. Because they're, I mean, so wow. it, it, yeah. that, that, I mean, and there, the, the blog posting that I read it was like, this is even too douchey for Los Angeles. But it does speak to something I think you got to have an angle. I don't know if there can just be like, I grew up going to diners and like that was... When we would go out, my family we go to Sacramento. From, uh, you're kind of from the the Central Valley, Joel. Yeah, I'm from right? Sacramento, which is okay. sort of the Midwest of California. And, sure. And, uh, and when my parents we would go for birthdays and stuff, we go to the nice diner, which is Lions. Oh, Lions okay. was like a you know, like they had cloth table you know napkins for their diner, so it was <laughs> wow. like, ooh, we're going to Lions, fancy. Sure. Lions can't exist anymore. Like there is no fancy diner. They would have to have. 
Unless some hipsters opened up a restaurant in the style of Lyons. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> There's always right. got to be that one layer. Yeah. yeah. Where the waiters all, they serve you and it's all the food at Lyons, but they just make the jack-off motion while they're taking your order. <laughs> exactly. That- <laughs> We've got chili, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and, but to be fair, Jordan, like, you're not going to save this catering truck by yourself. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> and if you did, you're not even I trying, really. Your you're not even trying. Yeah, I, I have to eat eight burritos a day. <laughs> Yeah, just I, I kind of feel like it's okay. Like, just let yourself know that it's it's not you that's the dooming the truck. It's the changing economic yeah. landscape. It's the times, man. Yeah. Uh, Which, I, feel, I feel like if we're going to broaden this out slightly, I feel like we are living in the time now where we can all pinpoint like eight or ten things that in ten years, oh, that's not going to be there, you know? Like 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 the hot line food like catering like just a catering truck. What do you do? I just got food. You know, <laughs> yeah. is it good? Not really. No, it's not really good. <laughs> well, the ingredients from Smart and Final. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like that that place isn't gonna make it. Like I used to work growing up. I worked at video stores. Like I was a movie nerd. That was what I used to work at. You know, video stores. I will have to explain to my children what a video store was. Yeah. You know, like not even a DVD, but a tape. You know, and like, so used to go to another place. Why wasn't just on the TV? Well, we couldn't download everything onto an, you know, there was no internet. Yeah, a gajillion gigabyte hard drive that held all of television of all time. You know, (laughs) we just called things up. We would have to go and then rent, and long movies came on two tapes. You You wanted to watch The Godfather uh, or Casino. And, but it so looked, uh, where yeah. did the uh, where did you uh, attach the nodes to your penis for the virtual jackoff? <laughs> no, you had to just imagine having sex with them and then masturbate what? yourself. What manual masturbation? <laughs> No, no, like animals. Yeah, right, cavemen. Uh, uh, okay, so I think we what the conclusion maybe we've come to is just to accept the fact that hotline catering's time has, <laughs> has come and gone, and I shouldn't just feel bad about it, and I should just eat my delicious. Uh, my delicious uh, curry tostada salad <laughs> every day. Without guilt. Just know that this is how, if we're going to live in a capitalist society, you know, it's a circle it's, of life. Someone's got to die. It is. It's the cir- <laughs> and I think that's what the Lion King was trying to tell us. <laughs> yep. uh, well, thank you very much. This is Jordan Jessica. I'm here with Joel Church Cooper, Jim Fistante. Uh, we're going to come back after a break. This is Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm going to point to you guys. You're going to say your name and the nickname that you're allowed to come up with. Oh, That's how this Joel works. Church Cooper, the Cooper. Oh, wow. The barrel maker? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what a I cooper do, is. I, yeah, I know. It is. I, the church, I don't really go to church, but I do make a lot of barrels in my off time. I don't do anything with them. Do sure. you want a barrel? And that's a spiritual experience for you, kind of in place of church. Yeah. That's what I you mean, when you're, when you're really bending wood. You know, <laughs> which is really what barrel making is. Thank you. I don't have time to get into the semantics of barrel <laughs> making right, um, with you. I could do hours. <laughs> I have my own barrel making podcast that I, I can have you on later. Sure. That'd be great. I mean, I have nothing to add. If it's all going to be talking about barrel making, I could just sit there and say that's interesting. That's pretty much all any guest does on the show. Like. Sure. <laughs> do you have a segment about bungholes? <laughs> which is a hole in a barrel. Uh, hey, let's do this with Jim. Oh my god, Jim Fasante, and as much as I listened to your show, it eluded me that I'd have to come up with a nickname. Yeah, well, man. Dropping the ball. We can come back. I'll take ball dropper. All right, Jim Fasante. Because <laughs> it, works on, a, it works on a couple drop. of levels. It, yeah. it, it works on a couple of levels. Yeah, I know you're dropping balls all over town, Bang. Jim. <laughs> Boom. Uh, um, 
so this this is maybe a fitting topic for conversation. Uh, uh, Joel, we we know each other from kind of the world of uh, L.A. comedy, but maybe kind of recently we've been running into each other in the uh, entertainment reporting junket circle. Yeah, we're sort of, uh, when you go to these junkets, you look in these hollowed eyes of these longtime entertainment reporters that just... <laughs> oh, maybe just a uh, very quick explanation. A uh, uh, junket, uh, for those of you not in the Hollywood uh, 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 thing... <laughs> like we are. Oh, uh, made it sound both awful. Yeah, <laughs> technically um, speaking, this is when a uh, actors are promoting a movie. They go to a hotel. Uh, they sit in a chair. Uh, you sit across from them for four minutes and talk to them about their movie. Anyways, uh, so Joe, you're talking about the uh, flaccid, dead eyes of the entertainment yes, reporters. Because um, a lot of these people are. It's it's almost like an old school thing that kind of is dying out, but. There still are some outs, you know, there's your ETs and your Access Hollywoods, but really these junkets are beyond that now. They're like, they're, they're, I mean, they're local reporters flown in from, from outside of California a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. It's people from like uh, the, the Fox affiliate in Butte and they're, you know. Yeah. So the Fox affiliate in Butte, they got a guy, let's call him Gary, and he's been doing <laughs> Gary. Gary from Butte. Yeah, yeah I know. Gary from right. Butte. Yeah, and he's, he's been doing interviews with celebrities for 30 years. And in Butte, he's hot shit because he gets to talk to Julia Roberts every, you know, four years. Sure. And who from Butte really gets to do that? So we go, me, I go to these things. <laughs> the town crazy. Yeah. Le- yeah. Legally. <laughs> legally. Yeah, legally, yes. Yeah. So I go, to, I go to these junkets, and everyone's these, you know, Jeannie Wolf is this old woman who always wears a wig, mm. and, uh, and she's talking about when she talked to Steve McQueen, you know, and everyone's bitching about the spread, and me and Jordan occasionally will lock eyes, and be like, oh, hey, hey. That's a guy <laughs> I can talk to. Hey, guy I can talk to. <laughs> We can be normal, right? We can be sure. normal and do bits. We can just do bits and not have to talk about sure. this craziness. Sure. And not have to talk to a makeup guy about... <laughs> about <laughs> oh, God. yeah. No, I know. Yeah, definitely the... My coloring? When you're waiting for your turn, you're in kind of this hospitality suite, which is a suite in a hotel. And, you know, there's a spread of food, which you're right. The entertainment reporters always complain about. Uh, the uh, the Four Seasons Danishes are never good enough for... <laughs> Somebody call Hotline Catering. <laughs> yeah, right? Get Hotline up there. Get them in uh, there. I mean, it's always, it's always, and it's always a way to, to, to name drop what other junket you've been to. Yeah, you know? right. Sure, sure. You know, like I like, went to the Source's Apprentice junket, and they had a top quality catering. This, sure. this they, is BS. They were slicing prime <laughs> rib in front of you. To be fair, that is how Nick Cage rolls, though. So yeah, he you brings can't really his own apply prime that to rib slicer. <laughs> Um, is Nicolas Cage done being famous? What's his deal? Do you guys <laughs> he just think? walked off a movie set. I heard that. Yes, Nicolas Cage disappeared. <laughs> Who owes like movies. millions of dollars to the IRS <laughs> because he spent $60,000 on a dinosaur skull. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he outbid Leonardo DiCaprio in an auction for a dinosaur skull. And yeah, oh Nicolas Cage, I guess, is famously kind of on the run from the IRS. Uh, and yeah, I guess walked off a... You know, I have a friend that owes the IRS money. Mm-hmm. And... Starring in a movie, that's a pretty sweet way to pay back <laughs> yeah, the IRS. I mean, that'll, that'll pretty much do it, probably. Yeah, he doesn't I mean, seem like he has a lot of problems saying no. To, as long as yeah. it's an action role, he'll pretty much do anything. He's right? like, uh, well, I get to talk weird. And they're like, yeah, sure, you can talk weird. <laughs> that's oh, yeah, kind of why we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> why we're considering you. This all kind of circles back because I just recently went, I went to the Sources Apprentice Junkets. Mm. And I, have, I met uh, Nicolas Cage. I interviewed him. How'd that go? Um... I will say that you go in, you're like, he can't be as weird as he would seem. And he is as weird as he seems. <laughs> yeah. He's, he seems to have it. And I don't know if, you know, what we would call, I mean, I don't know if you call him a great actor. I think he's been given great performances, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely, 
Uh, well, we all saw Ghost Rider. We did, and yes, and so he has a pass because of his great performance as Ghost Rider. But I, I think there's something about like some like you know the actor actors they act a little crazy sometimes, and they're a little weird. Like Marlon Brando was a big you know sure weirdo. yeah yeah. And I think it comes. I assumed it came from the impulse to like they make interesting choices because they have no filter. You know, yeah. and they just sort of live out their id. And then I sat down, you know, and for five minutes I asked, you know, uh, Nicholas Cage questions. And he just was a big weirdo. Sure. Just a big old weirdo. <laughs> and he had, like, he has weird pulled back hair that was dyed blonde. And he took himself very, very seriously while just saying, you know, just crazy nonsense. Like, uh, uh, I asked him what we did a thing on the show called Secret Movie Confession, which is a movie that someone would think that you might not like. And he responded by saying, um, you know, I don't know if it's a secret because I don't have any secrets because I live my life in full volume. Um, wow. right? Oh, not, right? But he wasn't, Gross. like, kidding. He was very serious. He's like, no, no, I just want you to know, if you, if you thought maybe I turned down the volume of my life, <laughs> I just wanted you to know that you, are, you have been misinformed. <laughs> I fall full That knob stays at 11, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then he said the his... The life knob. His, his <laughs> movie that he about? wanted to say, you know, was uh, JCVD, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Okay. Which uh, is a French movie. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah. yeah. It, like, had a little arty, you know, thing. It was, like, a dramatic role. And he has this great monologue in it, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, where he just cries, and it's, it's like he's talking straight to the audience. It's interesting as a movie. Uh, and then Nicolas Cage goes, "That monologue scene, you know, it's like I could see the pain in his eyes, and it just told me that like this was a man who was capable of, of, of great things." And I called him and I said, "We should work together. I want you. To, I want to do a movie with you. I want. I want you to kick me in the face." Right. <laughs> and he, but, but he mentioned the pain in his eyes four times. <laughs> Oh, wow. man. Um, okay. And so, I mean, and he wasn't, like, a jerk. You know, he wasn't, like, you know. No, he didn't think he was better than you. <laughs> he just was, like, just ridiculous. Like, sure. he was sincerely ridiculous. He, but he's also someone who sincerely cares about seeing the pain in someone's eyes. Yeah. Like, who's really interested in or the pain and then as soon as eyes. And then as soon as he saw that, he needed to call Jean-Claude Van Damme to tell him that he had seen it. Well, and in he, you know. Wicker Man, when they put the bees <laughs> on his head, yes. you see the pain through the cage of bees. I can, right. I can understand how he would identify with that. No, absolutely. I mean, he obviously tries to bring that intensity <laughs> to his roles. We're talking Ghost Rider, uh, Wicker Man, uh, <laughs> The Sorcerer's Apprentice. National but, Treasures 1 and 2. Sure. Nick Cage is a national treasure. Absolutely. He, but he does every, every once in a while, he'll just throw in that, like, he was really good at adaptation. Like, every every five years, he'll just do one where... Yeah, I know. He really knows how to, like, so throw in that... Right. That justification? Yeah, for, he's like, like... Okay, yeah. Right, yeah, because right, didn't he do adaptation right kind of in his post-Con Air, The yeah. Rock period, no, he, where he was, like... He definitely did. And, and Bad Lieutenant is kind of a little bit of that for oh, him. Oh, yeah, this is a Werner Herzog movie. Yeah, where um, he, he sort of plays up his hamminess, but he's doing it on purpose. It's sort of... It's very similar to the performance he gives in Wicker Man, but just... Everyone's there on the joke this time. Okay. <laughs> He's like, this time it's on purpose. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, so, uh, but but uh, you were maybe even saying that you had a bad experience with uh, Miss Helen Mirren. Yeah. I, uh, th- yes. I was really excited. Is it Dame Helen Mirren? I don't know if she's, she's been damed yet. Yeah. I think we can call let's, her. Let's okay. dame her now. Dame let's. Helen Mirren. Um, I- <laughs> with my cock. Yeah. Oh, oh that, what? Is that like night? I'm assuming. I here's when I said that. Here's what I was thinking. It was like knighting someone, where you do the sword right. on both sides of their shoulder. I like was a... thinking with a woman, uh, you just do that with your 
with your donger. <laughs> that seems like... And no one people has a bigger in... dick than the Queen of England. <laughs> no, it's huge. That seems like people in England would do that all the time. You know, that would be like their dick slapping. You <laughs> oh, know? sexual yeah. move. Like, I knight the, you know, my, you know, sexual being or something, oh, you sure, know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, America like... has the donkey punch and <laughs> right, Britain right? has, like, the dick knighting. The, the dick knight. I, yeah. na- I, I don't know. I, I dub the, the, you know... The, the, sure, the or Earl of Blowjobs. <laughs> for a gay dude. That's what, yeah, that's what I was looking for. I was looking yeah. for the Earl of Blowjobs. That wasn't yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, but that was sort of the thing about, she's like, because Helen Mirren's like a Judy, you know, a Judy Dench that you still maybe have sex with, you know? So yeah. there's like, there's that, there's that esteem mixed with that like, man, she's got a little like, you know, I mean, she's still kind of foxy. In, in yeah. the 70s, I bet she fucking, you know. Yes. Anyway. But, was she in Caligula? She was in Caligula. There you go. She she <laughs> was she has a reputation reading up on her for this interview of kind of uh, catting around a little bit. Yeah, I, I believe it. Um, dated Liam Neeson when she and she was like twenty years older than him for a long time. Anyways, hmm. uh, so I'm I'm going. I'm kind of excited. It's my biggest interview so far. I did Tilda Swinton the week before. That went really well. She seems like kind of a weirdo. Went great. Mm-hmm. We shook hands afterward. Chatted for about <laughs> like five minutes. It was great. I'm like I did Jonah Hill, that one great. So I'm like I'm I'm ready. I can do Helen. <laughs> You've Mary. done all the bits. I done You've all the done bits. Uh, <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. All the leads. Dame Judi Dench. Jen Judy Dench. Jonah Hill. So so I go in there and we do, we do our main feature that we get is five favorite films, which is we ask them what their five favorite films are, and we got to do a little producing to coach them. But in the end, it's kind of a good piece because it's almost better than an interview because if you can actually get their five favorite films and get them to talk about it, you get. I think it's very revealing, you mm-hmm. know, about what your favorites are and why and what what time in your life you saw them. Like, it can be interesting. So we always get them cleared ahead of time. And so they know about it. So it's like they're maybe thinking about it or at least they're going to be okay with it. So I go in there and um, I said, hey, thanks for doing this. And she goes, okay. Uh, and then she just goes, okay, they are all Pixar movies. <laughs> and I said, I said, I said, I said, so are your top five all Pixar movies? Right. Like, is, so you say, is the top five, you know, Cars, Toy Story 2, right. Toy Story 3. I, at this point, I'm just trying to sort of like, okay, because I, I just sat down, you know? Yeah. And then she says, uh, no, that's my number five is all Pixar movies. And wow. uh, that doesn't really work for a list. Like, it's got to be a specific one. And I say... Um, and, and maybe this is more of a problem because I, I've seen these pieces and you are not on camera no. for these pieces. So her... Arguing with you yes. will seem like she's insane. Right. She has to say to the camera, number five My is. Yes. film, yeah. Yeah, she, she has to go to the camera and say it. And so and I also tell her that, uh, and she goes, okay, looks at the camera, all Pixar movies. And I go like, no, that's not. Say number five. Uh, yeah. So then I say, uh, can, you, can you name a specific one? And she goes, no, I like them all. And I said, okay, do you have a memory of one that you like, a joke or something, just something we yeah. can show B-roll to, you know? And she goes, uh, I don't have a memory for movies. <laughs> That'd be what? funny. She's like, I don't like movies yeah. or something. <laughs> she like. kind of also, but she implied that she doesn't watch a lot of movies, and then after she sees them, she can't remember them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, so then I'm like, all right. And then she said, like, a French film. And I go, okay. And I said, what did you like that movie? She's like, mm, I don't remember. And I was like, okay, can you say number four is the French film to the camera? And she goes, no. Wow. And so then I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. And then I'm like, uh, and then I laugh. It's like, like, this is like a power move. Yes. And then I go, ha <laughs> And she goes, are we going to talk about my movie? And I go, oh, how it works is like, and then at the end we say, these are my five favorite films and go see my favorite. And I'll explain how we promote the movie. Yeah. And she just, it became very clear that she just didn't want to do it. 
Sure. <laughs> and that she just was like having, and she was having fun with how sweaty and squirmy I was getting. Sure. Because <laughs> the more I started to flop, sweat, and panic, the more she just started to kind of smile, you oh, know? Okay. And yeah. it was like, and what I learned, and if you meet her, you know, you might learn this as well, is Helen Mirren Which I'm doesn't. I'm sure we all will yeah. at some point. <laughs> Helen it's Mirren inevitable. doesn't want to do shit she doesn't want to do. When I go to Caligula Con, <laughs> right. where she so is if, the uh, signing. If Helen Mirren wants to talk to you, she's going to talk to you. If you want to talk to Helen Mirren, she, she doesn't want to talk to you. She want to talk to you. You mm-hmm. know, like she just had a very like afterwards. It, I mean, she blew it apart. Like we didn't get anything we wanted. It was basically me just scrambling with her for five minutes. And afterwards, uh, she she goes, "Did you get what you needed?" And I go, "No, I didn't." And she goes. All right, it was fun, and then she shook my hand, and it was like she got what she needed. Right? Dude. Yeah. She just kind of fucking destroyed. She somebody. just <laughs> she just kind of fucked with me for five minutes, wow. and that was like that was what she felt like doing at the time. And at the end, it was like, okay, all right, that's your deal. Okay, now sure. you know it kind of ruined the segment, but you know, <laughs> like uh, I can't. I'm not mad at you. Like she didn't do it in such a way that was malicious, even though she was sure. taking enjoyment in my pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't kind of awry. Maybe it was like a British thing, but it was very. It seems like a British. Thing. I couldn't be that mad at her at the end. We shook hands, and she was like very nice at the end. Sure, it's like you were you were a worthy opponent so. <laughs> that she destroyed. Sure, she yes. absolutely destroyed. Yes, uh, so and it made you the Duke of Cunnilingus <laughs> <laughs> right there in the hotel room. Uh, what movie was she promoting? The Love Ranch was a movie where she oh, called Madam. Sure. It kind of yeah, opened yeah. and closed real quick. Gotcha. Didn't have that Rotten Tomatoes push could have had. Yeah, well, that's probably <laughs> why she, she would have cooperated <laughs> with the five favorite film segments. Well, she's listening to this podcast, so she'll know the error of her ways. Yeah, I know. She's a big Jordan Desi fan, I can tell. Yeah, I that she's she she's constantly writing in and leaving voicemails and like <laughs> we have to like draw the line with fans. Like we don't you know, like, hey, we do this, we're glad you listen, but you know Ease off. Yeah. It's, back it's, it's off, getting creepy, Helen. Back off Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> um well, this is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm here with Joel Church Cooper from the Rotten Tomatoes show on Current and Jim Fastante from the game show on the, the stream. I said thestream.tv. <laughs> sure, dude. It's Urban the, it up. Yeah, the stream. <laughs> bag it. Uh, Can we have a Z on the end? Can we do streams, maybe? Yeah. Well, uh, Jim, are you adverse to adding a Z on the end of your website? <laughs> we are now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jim Fastante from thestream.tv. We'll be right back. This is Jordan Jessico. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Joel Church Cooper, the Cooper. Jim Fastante, ball dropper. Nice. Oh, this is great. Uh, so, Jim, uh, yes. when uh, on the topic of celebrity embarrassments, <laughs> uh, you had one at Comic-Con, if I... Uh... I did. Uh, so, Comic-Con, I went down... Uh, the company I work for, we do video game marketing. So, and this is not the stream. This is no, no, no. Day this job. is a day job. Yeah. So we, you know, we do like a lot of cool stuff, and we're you like bring guys dressed as Sonic the Hedgehog to malls, <laughs> right? And have them yeah, hang out. pretty much. And then sit there in just jealous rage as they get all the attention. Sure. Um. So we <laughs> <laughs> we. We got the chance to, we're, we're doing this new thing. And then you come thing. out of the bathroom in your homemade Tails costume, but it's too <laughs> it's, late. Everyone's already gone. Yeah. The Cinnabon is closed. <laughs> uh, and so we went down, we're doing this Gears of War uh, thing where we're, we're putting together a trailer for the game. So we're setting up, it's like late, the first day, we get down there, it's very stressful. 
and we have to send our boss photos of the setup just so he could sign off on everything, make sure it's cool before we start filming. So we're waiting forever. We're set up at the Xbox Make sure room. someone isn't accidentally dressed as a Halo. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, from Sonic the Hedgehog. I know. It happens. I, I brought my Tails costume. <laughs> sure. So can you just not wear that at the Gears no, of War it thing? It makes no. me feel confident. <laughs> <laughs> so we're setting up. I, I've... We're at the Hard Rock Hotel waiting for them to, like, come fix the internet. They're like, oh, we'll send somebody up. I go downstairs. The concierge is, like, this long-haired, like, surfer dude from San Diego who doesn't give a shit about anything. (laughs) And it's just not helping me at all. Literally, like, these hot girls are coming up. And he's like, hey... It's just like, okay, I, I understand, but I have, like, uh, legitimate sir, I questions. Have a video I game know. events to plan. <laughs> if you would kindly halt your pursuit of pussy so that I may set up my kiosks for our multiplayer demo. No. All right, then. So I go back upstairs. At this point, we're just, like, totally frustrated. So we go have a cigarette. Oh, you could say you smoked five. All right. That's fine. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just, like, hanging out. And it's, like, in this kind of a conference room. It's low lighting. And, and the door finally opens up. And this guy walks in. And my boss, our producer, just, like, looks over. And he's just like, oh, are you here to fix the internet? And this guy just kind of, like, looks at us all confused. He's like, no. And in my brain, I thought, oh, my God, it's LeVar Burton. But From my mouth, Rainbow and the Roots miniseries, <laughs> yeah, or Star Trek Roots. Excuse me, he was a Jordy LaForge, exactly. Which is <laughs> where me. my geekery came from. Which is why I actually blurted out, "Oh my God, you're Lavar Burton!" I believe in a very high register nerd squeal, <laughs> which sure. so probably it, in your brain it was like, "Oh my God, you're Lavar Burton!" But in reality, it was like. <laughs> yeah, he might not have been able to actually understand. I'm me. sure, but some dogs we could only the hope. They're like, <laughs> got really excited because dogs love Lavar Burton. They do. They came with uh, next generation box sets in their mouth, <laughs> so he would sign them. Yeah, Captain Picard, not a favorite among dogs. <laughs> Jordy LaForge, very popular. Um, so yeah, so it was just very embarrassing. And our, and our gaffer, who was so, so sober, your producer just assumed that Lavar Burton was there. <laughs> was there to fix the internet? So yeah, and our gaffer, who was you know stone cold sober, was just like saw LeVar Burton come in, knew who he was immediately, and was just like, all right, just be cool. Like, hey, can we help you out? And as soon as I blurted that out, he's just like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> I'm not good around there? celebrities. What was he doing at your... He was going to a party for Microsoft at the Hard Rock. Listen, okay. LeVar Burton goes at Comic-Con where LeVar Burton yes, wants seriously. to go. No, sure. <laughs> that, he is practically the mayor of Comic-Con. <laughs> sure. I mean, unless Bruce Campbell shows up. Yeah, Then he's right, you're deputy right. mayor. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you're really, really on, on, on the civic board. He's probably treasurer but, but it's still a very he, important position were he to team up with say will wheaton then yeah. bow down they would yeah. bow down some nerds. sort of unstoppable chimera i, I read some creature. i read some coverage of, of comic-con which was and one of them was from the what is the uh the burn the burned uh usa show that bruce campbell's on what is it burn called notice. Burn, notice. burn notice yeah it was a burn notice panel, and basically they said the audience did not give a shit about burn notice, did not give a shit about anyone else. It was just Bruce Campbell, and then whatever Bruce he, would Bruce say. Bruce Campbell anything, plays like a super minor part on burn notice. I from mean, what he's I like, understand, he's like uh, you know he's like the sidekick. Okay, uh, and I think he, Bruce is not in a point in his life where he wants to work out a lot. You know? <laughs> no, sure. So he gets, to, he gets to be charming and fat in Hawaiian shirts. And, so and, he's you know? preparing for Bubba Hotep 2. <laughs> right. So it's, he seems like he's he's kind of in, if this was Point Break, he's in the Gary Busey role. Yes. <laughs> Is his he, character modeled after Busey from it, Point it's Break? It's very similar, I would think. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
But, but but so when so the audience was kind of politely waiting just for Bruce Campbell. And whenever he up. would speak, everyone would go ape shit. But sure. but I mean, it really, if you're gonna get a sidekick on a cable action show, Bruce Campbell's great because his whole career has been doing a lot with a little. You know, sure. just very like. I mean, if you look at the lines that he was given to make iconic, they're not particularly great lines. You know, like groovy. You know, <laughs> sure, or yeah. give me some sugar, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. Sure, he's yeah. He's, it's, he's, it's it's overselling. His, he oversells everything. Uh, you know, actually, this is maybe a good topic to bring up with you guys. Uh, this was something we were talking about. Uh, we were talking about maybe uh, two or three episodes ago, but I think it's worth the opening up. Uh, once again, uh, we were talking about uh, movies that are widely considered failures that you love and think people need to revisit despite the fact that they are widely considered failures. Uh, my example uh, was the recent Jude Law unnecessary surgery vehicle, Repo Men. Uh, did you like the healthcare good. analogy sort of underpinnings to it? You know, I did. I thought it was a kind of a kind of a it was funny, timely. It was very timely in, in that kind of funny like RoboCop, like this is very obvious commentary, but we're having fun with it kind of way. Anyways, uh, does anything spring to mind when you guys hear uh, widely panned movie that I loved anyways? Uh, I, got, I got two. Okay. Which I don't know if the first one was widely panned, but it's certainly not – didn't get fantastic reviews, and I don't think it necessarily has done that well on its video life. Is uh, Albert Brooks' Defending Your Life? Oh, I love that movie. Oh, no, I think Defending Your Life is, is well regarded. Is, is, is it well regarded? I, 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 I saw I, it recently via Netflix On Demand and really liked it. I feel uh, like Albert Brooks is sort of not ranked as high as he should be in terms of the comedian esteem sure. level. And I feel like Defending Your Life, Modern Romance, uh, and Lost in America, his three best movies, are underseen. By okay. uh, by people, even people who like comedy. Like, have you seen uh, Lost in America? I have seen Lost in America. I have not seen uh, that first one. Modern Romance. <laughs> Modern Romance. <laughs> Modern Romance is a romantic comedy good. where it starts with him breaking up with her. Okay. And then uh, it's great. It's great. Okay. It's, it's tough to see. I, I think I bought it on VHS. I don't even know it's been released on DVD. So uh, okay. So if you know, if 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 uh, defending your life doesn't count, then I'll go Alien Nation. The okay. uh, James Con Manny Patinkin <laughs> cop buddy picture, right? Where he's Manny Patinkin's an alien, and James Con is his harbitten partner who hates aliens. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, this was a TV series. Well, for they a while, they, wasn't they made it? a TV series after the movie. It's basically like in the heat of the night, only with aliens instead of black people. Okay, <laughs> but um. But if you like a it's little... LeVar Burton involved. <laughs> it seems like Burton. something LeVar Burton could get on on pretty easily. <laughs> Remake. Yeah. Uh, but it actually, like, a lot of the jokes... I watched it recently because I did. I had to do a... T- for my job, I do a lot of top five lists. And mm. I had to do top five buddy cops. I think around Cop Out. Ah. And uh, I think I named them number one just because I, I liked it so much. It was like... It, one, Lethal Weapon does not hold up very well. This was pre-Mel Gibson going crazy. But even when you watch Crazier. it now... When he, <laughs> yeah. he was still crazy, and it's very clear he ad-libs three homophobic lines <laughs> that, under his breath that made the final cut. So it's a lot of like, like, uh, like there's a there's an implication in the weapon that two women might have made out, and he goes, "That's fucking disgusting." And wow. then and then they'll move on. It's like what? 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 Riggs all of a sudden hates lesbians. He probably should have yeah. cut before he said that. Uh, so that is a whole of alienation to be really held up. It was kind of funny and was kind of cheesy, but it was enjoyable. 
I, you know, actually, you know what I saw recently? Uh, now, I saw Cop Out, and like uh, any right-thinking person, hated it uh, <laughs> because it was terrible. Um, I, despite the fact that maybe, like, on paper, that's something you would want to see. Uh, no, no, Cop Out is awful. <laughs> uh, but I saw The Other Guys recently, uh, and I feel like that had kind of the tone Cop Out might have gone... F- like, maybe that's what you think Cop Out would be like. Uh, anyways, it's a funny take on a on a buddy action movie that's actually kind of a good action movie. Well, I think there's uh, a, yeah, there's a difference between Adam McKay and, you know, Kevin Smith. Sure. I think there's a... There's a there's craft a, skill. Yes, craft skill, talents. I think... Uh, 90 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why I'm piling on guy. That's not fair. He's a very funny person and a great interview. Sure. Who should not really make movies. Yes. If Kevin Smith just wants to be a public figure, oh, yeah. I'm he, fine with that. He, he, he yeah. seems like he'd be one of the great panel, like, it, it used to have panel game shows, you know? Like, oh, he would sure. be great. He could be the, yeah, <laughs> the new Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the fat guy in the hoodie in the corner, and then, <laughs> and then he just goes off. Sure. It's hilarious. You there in the jorts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other guys, I think, is the best Farrell McKay joint. Oh, really? I would say. Yeah. Wow. It's not as funny as Anchorman, but it's a better movie. Hmm. Uh, anyway, super worth seeing. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, Jim, yes. when you hear. Uh, widely panned movie you love anyways what 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 do you go to man i can't i'm i'm terrible about movies i mean i'm sure you guys like obviously joel but i'm assuming jordan you're also big into movies and i'm kind of not okay which is also a sticking point with my girlfriend who is huge into film uh can i go the other way can i talk about a film that should be a classic that i had to turn off and embarrassed to admit it. Yeah, no, this might be a fun. Uh, this might be a fun flip to the discussion. Uh, yeah, what, what we you, we were told. That, I have a few of those too. Anyways. Yeah, okay. We were we were told that we had to watch uh, Touch of Evil. Orson oh sure, Wells. yes, this is an Orson Welles movie uh, where um, Charlton Heston plays does a brown Mexican. face. Yes, yes. <laughs> so okay, regardless of the brown face, which was awesome. Um, the way the movie opens is amazing. It's just this one long pan. Of just like the whole downtown, and it's just like it's incredible. It's an incredible shot, especially for the time that it was filmed. I, I and I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And dude, about halfway through it, I was just like, I couldn't watch it anymore. And it was just, it was so sad to turn off. And then just like looking at Orson Welles and remembering, like, my God, the last thing you did was to voice Transformers. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, in the original what? 80s cartoon, he yeah. was the voice of Optimus Prime? No, he was the big planet. Why okay. can't I think of the name? I don't know. Pla- Planeton. The <laughs> Planeton, the planet-eating planet. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's also like there's a crazy sort of reefer madness. Like I don't know if you made that far, but like, I don't think uh, I did. These Mexican hoodlums get hopped up on the reefer mm. and terrorize <laughs> Janet Lee because they're all high. <laughs> Wow. Sure. They get crazy and rapey. Because that's what that's. I mean, that's. I mean, well, that's. You know, I want. All, okay, admission. Had admission I wanted to rape Lavar Burton. <laughs> <laughs> you look sure you were stressed out. It you was had yeah. A it was the drugs talking, but no. I, I'm with you on Touch of Evil. I, I think that's one of those that like film snobs like because you know if you go okay the movie sucks you know like the script kind of sucks and then Charlton Heston's not great and Janet Lee's not great but if you're like but look what he does with this shot. And look what he does, like, you know, there's this classic, you know, like, stereotypical one, but he does it in this way. Like, you can get into it on that level, but on, on a pure watchability level, it does sort of it's fail. It's just Orson Welles approaching his frozen pee moment. Like, it just <laughs> sure. becomes very clear that he's getting to the he's frozen pee moment. He's preparing for viral video status <laughs> well, to, to, while making the movie. To me, it's like sort of like it's him taking the schlockiest, terrible script he could 
and trying to like, I'm going to just go and throw everything at this thing. <laughs> I'm going to like do this crazy first shot. Like the end is kind of cool. Like it's, you know, and, and, and really he shoots himself in a way where he's fat and disgusting and gross. And I will 100% agree with you, though. It is a tough watch. And I watched it once before college, once in college, and I have no intention of ever watching it again. There's no, I, I can reference it with other film nerds, you know, but, but there's no reason to watch it once you can do that, you know. So you said you had one? Uh, yeah, you know, I, have, I have quite a few recently, and, and uh, uh, Joel, Joel, yeah, Avatar, Avatar right? <laughs> right? People need to get behind this thing. Uh, I think it's on DVD now. Uh, I saw it at the Dollar Theater. Um, Joel, I don't know if you sympathize with this, but just because of uh, our jobs of going to film junkets, I maybe just have to go see a lot of movies that I wouldn't normally see in the theaters. Uh, let's see. I'm going to stick up for the Wolfman remake. Wow. <laughs> I think the Wolfman remake was very cool, actually scary, uh, very gory, and kind of funny. Uh, Anthony Hopkins gives a really cool performance in it, uh, and there's a cool scene in an old-time insane asylum. I didn't see it. I, the reviews were so bad. I know. Yeah, I think I think uh, un, unjust. I mean, Benicio del Toro is weird, and it looks like they just turned on a camera while he was like wandering around in costume. <laughs> and, like maybe I I didn't notice this specifically, but I could see like him just drifting out of frame because he doesn't know where to go. Uh, he seems confused in the movie, uh, but the 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 movie itself is is totally worth watching. A ton of fun. I uh, thought of another one, which yes. again, I'm I'm bad at this because I kind of. I'm an elitist and uh, work very hard to project that. So it's tough for me to, Hence to even... the monocle that you're having trouble exactly. keeping in your eye. It's tough. And guys, it is a lovely it's, ascot. It's, it's not wearing. even a prescription. It's, a it's just nice glass. Ascot. I just like it for the effect. Yeah. Um, but It actually impedes your vision. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're bumping into stuff. Uh, but so I like movies that are so bad they're good. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of bounce back up to... Movies that I think are great, but that just no one really, you know, fell through the cracks. Like, it's tough for me to, like, I don't know. I don't really like a lot of movies that, if everyone pretty much hates a movie, I usually end up hating it. But uh, and this is another one, so it's not quite that, but it is a movie that I think is underseen and that I, I, I've rewatched probably a dozen times is The Zero Effect, starring Bill Pullman. Oh, yeah. And, Lone Star? Uh, what? Is that, that's Lone Star, right? From. Um... No the Star Wars parody, the Mel Brooks yes, one. Yes, yes. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman okay, is in yes. Spaceballs. Lone Star. <laughs> we took a while to get there, but yes, he yeah, was sure. in Spaceballs. That's all I can think of when I see Bill Pullman. Uh, it's essentially just uh, a Sherlock Holmes update with uh, a guy being a private detective who has some of Sherlock Holmes's quirks, and because they update it, like he's uh, obsessive, compulsive, and crazy. Okay. Uh, and he uh, like he does uh, speed all the time, and like stays up for four days straight. And, like, uh, Ben Stiller is his Watson, who has to sort of keep him in line. And uh, he only drinks Tab and, like, canned tuna. And it's, like, it's really funny, but the, but the mystery is really cool um, in it. And it was, it's about 10 years old now. I would say if you, if, if you like detective stories, I'm, I mean, I watch House on TV. Oh, okay. So I like detective stuff, even if they're kind of... You know, of... you have to turn in that ascot there, <laughs> uh, fancy pants. <laughs> I, I know House isn't good, but if you give me, like, a good actor in a detective role and the mystery is semi-interesting I always get sucked in uh, now actually may, you, Murder maybe, She Wrote yeah Murder for instance <laughs> well who doesn't fucking love Angela Lansbury <laughs> oh sure yeah, I'd like to uh, make her the Earl of Blowjobs <laughs> <laughs> if uh, you catch my drift uh, Jim All too now well, uh, uh, Joel I don't know how 
how effectively you'll be able to play along at this. But uh, Jim, do, do, do you have you noticed this uh, uh, concept in video games? Is there a widely panned video game that you will stick Ooh. up for despite uh, despite its kind of bad reception? <sighs> I've got one. I okay, can talk, you start. You, you can start. think of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, for those of you at home who aren't interested in this, uh, <laughs> go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Um, uh, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. This is a recent Spider-Man game uh, uh-huh. where you can switch back and forth between the regular Spider-Man suit and the Venom suit. Uh, and it, it's it's the first one in a long time that hasn't been based on a movie. Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, and it's got this kind of kooky plot. Uh, super understood is very, very mediocre. Uh, I think it's a great game. It's, just, it's super fun. Uh, lots of other characters from the Marvel Universe come in. And uh, get taken over by the symbiote, so you get to see like symbiote Wolverine, uh, symbiote Black Cat. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, yes, Spider-Man: Web of Shadows. Very good game. Anyways, it's it's, it's probably in the in the ten dollar range now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I want to go well, to the blockbuster and grab it out of the bargain bin. I mean, like Joel, I'm kind of elitist. Okay, <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> the video, video games. games. Um, so yeah, so I'll usually um, then you're gonna have to turn in your power glove that you're wearing. <laughs> you will get uh, that off my, my cold power gloveless hand. Uh, uh, can I can I do my thing where I reverse you and talk <laughs> yeah, about <sure>. like <laughs> yeah? Uh, no, I I don't know. This is, a, I, this is a a widely loved game that you hate. Yeah, it, uh, the more I play the recent Transformers, the more I'm just like I don't like this game. Oh, and everyone loved it. Everybody yeah, was just like I think it was because. You know, it, when you make a Transformers game, it usually, like, out and out sucks. Sure. And this was the first one that was kind of like, no, this is cool. And I feel like the further you get with it, you're just like, no, this it's is one better. That's not, but... This is not based on one of the movies that's kind of this original Transformers yeah. story put into a game. And it has, like, kind of maybe a Gears of War-like mechanic. It is. is. It's, a, it's, right it's like that? a third-person shooter Sure. in can you Transformers. Change, you how can you shoot? Well, you can be the robot and also whatever thing you transform into depending on the character that you pick yeah uh, i just remember uh the last transformers game based on transformers 2 a uh, big part of the marketing campaign was that megan fox actually did the voice for <laughs> wow. her character uh which is like yeah what how how that yes that's what i enjoy about megan so basically fox, it was talking. more it was more realistic acting than what you would have seen in the movie sure yes her, so her maybe her, you, you can help me with this why do the uh adaptations the, the, the video games released with a movie's release why are they always terrible games it seems like they throw a lot of money at them they try to make sure like the they remember there was a matrix one that was like in between the movies. Oh, yeah, that was, was supposed like, to fill in the gaps. Fill in the between gaps, the movies, right? Yeah. And, and there Shitty hasn't game. been a single one that, like, everyone's th- like, yeah, it made the... Because f- if you could go see a movie and then play that movie, like, if there was an Inception right. video game where you could go and then live with the world, I think people would get so into it, you know? I think it's a question... I think it's it's two-pronged. I think a lot of times they make the, the mistake of rehashing what the movie was in video game form, which is unnecessary. It's like, if you want to set it in a world... Um, God, the closest thing that I could think of that was cool that wasn't necessarily based on a movie, but I guess a movie franchise was Batman. Arkham Asylum oh, was yeah. right. No, that was a, it was that like, was a great game. I yeah. Like, uh, nobody's, yeah. But something like Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 1, two games that I cannot believe that I was stupid enough to buy 
Those are my biggest regrets ever, 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 <laughs> ever, ever. Because it's like you go see Iron Man and you're what like, that, I want to be that, Iron that Man. Kid you killed in high school. No, no, dude. That kid deserved to die oh, okay. in comparison right. to Blank. how bad these games were. Um, Yeah, no. I, and I feel like, like especially now with Iron Man 2, they, were, they promised left and right. They're like, this will not be Iron Man 1. It'll be awesome. It's not actually based on the events in the movie. And for fuck's sake, it was terrible. Mickey Rourke actually does the voice of Whiplash. <laughs> but it was just like, I think that one, in, in that sense, it's like, I think these things get rushed, too. So it's like, in addition to trying to make the movie the video game, they also rush them into production. Don't give the people enough time to develop it, and then it just falls flat. However, However? the new uh, the Scott Pilgrim game... Oh, I played that Scott Pilgrim oh game. Oh, my God. Uh, yes, I went to Scott Pilgrim Junket, and while you're waiting, they had the Scott Pilgrim game set That's up for awesome. you to play. Uh, strangely, no line for it. I just got to jump right on. <laughs> Gary uh, from Butte wasn't all over it? <laughs> no, Gary was not. He's busy changing wigs. <laughs> um, uh, yes, no, the, 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 and I, I, there's also maybe something. Uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie uh, is very, very good. It's, it's very good. Uh, I know it's uh, probably our, our listeners or something they would be excited about. Uh, yeah, go ahead and be excited. It's great. I think uh, the Scott Pilgrim movie, what makes me excited about it, you know, I really like Shaun of the Dead, and I really like Spaced a lot. Yeah. And so I thought maybe I was a Simon Pegg fan. And I'm a Simon Pegg fan. But the more, like, I see them outside, I think I might be an Edgar Wright fan, you know? I think <laughs> yeah, if I was going to rank... Edgar Wright is the director of Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Uh, Simon Pegg has been the lead in his past two movies, and uh, he is not the lead of of, uh, of Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and, and I think that I think I still like Nick Frost and, and Simon Pegg, who are in his, you know, previous work, including the, the BBC show Spaced, which was, like, 10 years old, and it's great. Um, but Edgar Wright did all, was the director behind all of it, and I think what makes it... I mean, I think those guys are funny, but I think what makes it sort of special and unique is his sort of style and uh, talents. I'm kind of excited about the movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely definitely worth watching, and, and uh, I, you know, I've been, you know, maybe like America... Uh, a little, uh, a little bummed on Michael Sarah. I've moved on to Jesse Eisenberg. What I'm looking for a uh, nebbishy, the, the thinking man's Michael Sarah. <laughs> yes, yeah, Eisenberg is the thinking man's Sarah. Um, Did you see uh, Youth in Revolt? I didn't. Uh-uh. I mean, he, the whole thing about that one is he plays two characters, and one is like a French, you know, uh, persona. I oh, you know, I looked at that movie, and I'm like, this is just the Family Matters, um, the Family <laughs> Matters subplot where Urkel changes Stefan. into cool Urkel. Uh, <laughs> There's yeah. a robot, Michael right. Sarah, too. <laughs> sorry, right? sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna abandon all talk to talk about this Family Matters thing because <laughs> you know let's do because I think at some point we're maybe gonna have to go back to the Scott Pilgrim game, right? Uh, or just back to the uh, good right but, side. But, of I, but I, let's I, talk about Family Matters because I, I I'm sorry I might have. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm told this to people, but with the audience, have never heard it before. If you look at the arc of Family Matters, <laughs> which from, I do yeah, often, from from the start masturbating. of basically like a C minus Cosby Show, like that's what they're going for, like a low rent Cosby Show, like black family in Chicago, like uh, you know, like just dealing with it's family matters, like like you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, your it's worst about title. like. I got a C on my test, and you know, like, uh oh, the kids are fighting over who should get the room. You know, like, I can't make it as an actor. I'm gonna do porn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the youngest daughter. Later, but uh, yeah. but then so then it starts off that, and then they get Urkel, and Urkel takes off, and then it becomes an Urkel show, and then by the end they had Urkelbot, they had <laughs> Stefan. 
they had like one where they were like Bruce Lee. Like they kept inventing machines that would turn them into things to keep the show going. So there's one where they wait, who turned into Bruce Lee? <laughs> both Urkel and Carl Winslow. Wow. What? Yes. Wow. Like I'm sure in the, in the if if the uh, listeners at home can remember specific episodes. I just remember it almost was like a it was like a fevered acid dream of some kind of like <laughs> yeah. of comedy writers like of like I don't know we'll fucking make him get we'll get him real small and we'll go into Carl's intestines and he'll have to battle colon cancer like it got really weird. Did they actually do that? No, but they did. Get, <laughs> they did get they did shit. <laughs> they did do one where that got really small and they like ran away from like the cat. You know, like a honey, I shrunk the kid. Yes, they now, did. were these part of the timeline, or were these like alternate universe things? No, like it happened in the world of Family Matters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it was. And can you imagine? I always, I think his name was Reginald Van Johnson. Was the dad Carl Winslow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I always just imagine, like God, like he thought. I mean, he was like, you know, I'm going to do like a fun sitcom. I'm going to be like yeah, a dad. Sure. I'm going to teach positive lessons. And in the end, he was like, pretend, pretend the cat is batting at you. You know, sure, yeah. <laughs> run he's away. Got a, he's got a guy poking at him with a tennis ball <laughs> right. at the end of a uh, pool skimmer. <laughs> right, and he, you know, and he just clearly was, you know, just was like, keep cashing those checks, you know. But just I imagine waiting for Bruce Willis to call him to do another Die Hard, <laughs> yeah, or another Turner and Hooch. He was also in that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> these are these are some great Reginald Van Johnson facts. <laughs> but I guess I mean, you work for Rotten Tomatoes, is and you write Reginald Van Johnson fanfic. Well, sure. he's he is a diverse and talented actor, clearly. Do a lot. Okay, we can go back to Scott Pilgrim. Okay, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of don't want to. Yeah. Why was there never a Family Matters game? Oh, clearly, I think, I think there it. was. I'm guessing there was some sort of Urkel video game. Yeah, there had to have been an 8-bit like Urkel goes around the neighborhood. He says, "Did I do that?" When he falls, on <laughs> that's like a shitty NES voice. <laughs> it's like you can't really recognize it. And then there'll be like a glitch where he just gets stuck in a corner. Like, no, 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 You know, I remember like those first couple Simpsons video games for the NES had little audio clips in them from the Simpsons, and so distorted, I just bark going like, "No, no, no, man." It's nightmarish. It is. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. If you can, rem- if you, if everyone remembers the uh, Altered Beast, which came with the Sega Genesis, had the kind of uh, uh, iconic, uh, you know, first era of video games voiceover where it had the guy going rise from your grave right <laughs> anyways that but like with the simpsons anyways can we i mean you guys all know this definitely what is is it ryu in the street fire where he goes hadouken yeah sure, what yes. does he actually say uh he ha- says hadouken, hadouken okay uh which is 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 some sort of japanese uh term for i'm throwing a fireball at you <laughs> that i made with my mind okay yeah I think that's, can, that's, 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 yeah, it's a literal translation. Shoryuken is when he does the dragon punch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and God knows what he's saying when he's doing the hurricane kick. I don't even think my Street Fighter knowledge extends that far. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I think that's just nonsensical yelling. <laughs> like rage yelling. <laughs> to be fair, if anyone would know, I would, I would trust you, Jordan. Yes, thank you. You know, I went to uh, Evo, the world championship of Street Fighter. Oh, recently. for real? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, Do you uh, shoot a piece there? Oh, uh, yes, shot a piece uh, for Fuel TV. How would you describe the subsection of video game nerds that is the Street Fighter video game nerd? Uh, surprisingly ethnic. Uh, I mean, Natch, lots of <laughs> Asians. Uh, um, you know, the mostly the guys who are very good at Street Fighter are are Japanese guys or Korean guys. Uh, but the all of the American competitors, uh, black or Hispanic, hmm. not a, not a white up there. 
We are so not cool and coordinated. A splotchy-skinned Mexican woman. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big video guy. I mean, I played it when I was a kid and in college, but uh, I sort of, you know, with the StarCraft thing, I'd heard of StarCraft and I knew, that, and I knew that StarCraft Two is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I always found fascinating, and I did, you know, I did a, you know, went down a Google hole for about an hour <laughs> uh, reading about it, which was uh, found out a few years ago that there are leagues. Of in Korea, professional leagues for oh, StarCraft, yeah. it's like a national sport. They'll play that it, shit yeah. in a stadium. Yeah, and they, and that they uh, a PC strategy it's like game. It's something like the second or third most televised sport yeah. in the country. Which there's I, there's a photo of uh, I think the, like the first South Korean kid to pick up StarCraft two, and he's like openly weeping. <laughs> oh it's wow, a, it's an amazing photo. Sure. Uh, Jim, do you do you PC game? I do. I've actually gotten back into it okay. uh, after a long hiatus. That's kind of how I started was PC gaming. No, no, Joel. Maybe for 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 you and also for the for the listener. Uh, uh, while console gamers, people who play games on an Xbox or a PlayStation or something like that, or a Nintendo uh, Wii. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm making kidding. the jack off motion. <laughs> I'm making it. Um, <laughs> if you had a Wii mode, it would be able to read that. <laughs> sure, right, exactly, but not very well, not with any kind of accuracy. Uh, it's where the game's fun. Um, uh, the console gamer maybe regards the PC gamer as nerdier than they are, and I know it's kind of a, a pot kettle black situation, but uh, anyways, it's it's maybe seen as a little more uh, Is it because obsessive. you're in your bedroom, probably, instead I, of the living room? Does that have something to do with it? I think it's for no good reason. Yeah, it's just a weird nerd cred thing. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but you've recently gotten back into I the have. PC game. Uh, what what, what got because, you back into it? Well, I you know, I I, I have a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, la, la. I mean, come on. Sure. Uh, no, but now, you know, for the past couple of years, Macs can emulate PCs. So really, there's no need to own a PC anymore mm. uh, because they suck. But uh, the cool thing about that is now you can get back into PC gaming and it's the graphics. I'm such a graphics whore. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I enjoy, I bought Mass Effect 2 twice. Oh, you bought the PC Because version. I bought it for the Xbox, and I was like, oh, this doesn't look that great. And then when I bought it for the PC, I was like, ah, oh, there's the game I wanted. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. All right, all right, good times. Uh, uh, very, very, very quick. I think we might be coming to the end of this little bit. But uh, uh, graphics-wise, I recently downloaded uh, Castlevania HD mm. uh, for the Xbox 360. Uh, no amount of looking at that game in an internet window can prepare you for how good it looks on an HD TV. Uh, uh, this is a throwback to the old 8-bit Castlevania games, uh, and it looks so spectacularly cool uh, on an HD TV. Uh, and I, I'm a Castlevania guy, and I was looking at it in its little internet windows, and I was thinking, eh, this is bullshit, I'm not going to play this, and of course I just downloaded it the first day it came out, and it's beautiful. Anyways. Uh, Did you so- play the, the uh, Hideo Kojima Castlevania demo at E3? No, I didn't. Uh-uh. Dude, it's yeah. going to be sick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you, have any of you guys played the StarCraft 2? Has it come out oh, yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing. Uh, my girlfriend gave me looks. Not me. <laughs> I'm not a queer. <laughs> you know, I, I, used to, oh. I used to love uh, video games. I played a lot in college. And then two things burned me out. I bought the Wii, which was a mistake. Sure. <laughs> because, you know, they kept promising, because like everyone, I think I played it and was like, oh man, this is so fun to play. Yeah, yeah, sure. And they kept promising eventually a game would come out that would really. That's a game. That would, yeah, that would really <laughs> utilize this in some way that would be awesome. And then it never did, you know? Yeah, like, it was yeah. never like the game that was like, wow, thank God the Wii was invented so we could play this game, sure, you know? Man. So, and I just stopped playing it, and then it broke, and then I was like, ah. And then I dated my, my girlfriend now. We've been dating for two and a half years. And her previous boyfriend was like a hardcore video game nerd. 
where it like interfered with the relationship and like he was in like a, a Mega Man Two cover band. <laughs> uh, wow. They just played songs from the Mega Man Two soundtrack. Yeah, they would play songs from the Mega Man and Two soundtrack. And they hated the band that did songs from Mega Man Three. Well, whatever. There's we some, always have to open for those there's guys. Some, there's some like music, bullshit? like eight bit music yeah. community. Is it Mega sure. Man Two? Well, well, there's like chip tune and eight bit music, like. Yeah, uh, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm awful <laughs> for saying this. Was it the Megas? It might have been. Yes. Do you okay. know my girlfriend's ex boyfriend? <laughs> I don't think I know him personally. Ooh, but I this know is like of an episode him? of Degrassi. Do <laughs> you fucking know him? Do you? <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> wow, guys, um, please put the uh, claws away, but kitties. He, but the the moral of the story is she was like sort of like a kicked puppy about video games. If I ever talk about like. I got kind of like She's, a bone. She twitches. Yeah, if I like go like, man, that Red Dead Redemption looks pretty fun. She goes like, is that a video game? <laughs> and I go like, yeah, I'm a, uh, and it's Are just you like cheating on me. It's like, <laughs> not, no, no, it's not worth that like yeah. potential sore spot. Like, I don't like video games enough to be like, ah, I'm gonna pay three hundred bucks to piss off my girlfriend. Sure, uh, and because she's great and our relationship's great, I just don't, you know. But uh, but I sometimes wish he wasn't. He didn't do so much with the video games, you know? Like, do the video games and then, like, you know, also go see movies or something. So I could have just gotten a little bit of video games, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe not the band, you you know? know? uh, (laughs) Maybe not the video game band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're really following. That's quite an act to follow. Because I I love Defending Your Life, as we talked about, but I don't go write, you know, Albert Brooks heaven fiction you know? sure <laughs> this is what happened after he got right. on the tram <laughs> i'm gonna keep the story going keep it alive forever and then i'm or gonna just about his readings. life before he got hit by the bus <laughs> a prequel what happened a prequel oh yes a defending your life prequel albert brooks if you're out there we've come up with a thing that will save your career the defending somebody your get life helen mirren on the phone um, well, earl of earl of dicks <laughs> earl blowjobs that was the, the takeaway from this podcast i think yeah well i think on that note we'll uh we'll go ahead and wrap it up gents thank you so much for being here thanks for having uh, me of course yeah, jim Fastante uh is the co-host of the game show on the stream.tv uh jim you're kind of on a summer hiatus but uh but we the are. show will be back in the fall yeah also check us out on revision3.com yeah you can see kind the, of uh, uh, the edited version yeah there's old archived archived episodes and uh, well, Jordan Morris is on our show. I'm on a couple of them, uh, so so please check it out. It's a delightful program with uh, the uh, two delightful co-hosts. Uh, great guests from the world. Of, Jordan, uh, you've paid your debt by having me come on. It's okay. <laughs> and then I'm going to keep talking, and then there was this one time where they talked about iPhone games, and they were so cute. Uh, but yes, great guests from the world of uh, video games and uh, general geekery. Uh, Joel Church Cooper, of course, a uh, writer-producer on the Rotten Tomatoes television show on Current TV. Uh, when might someone watch that on their television? It's on Thursdays at 10.30, and can I plug my Twitter? Since... Oh, my God. Yeah, you can, and yes, and, and uh, you will both be getting I'm, Twitter uh... plugs uh, out of this. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, it's Church Cooper at uh, Twitter.com, and I, I think for a person who finds himself a comedian, I have a shamefully low number of followers. No. So, uh, <laughs> so please, please... Help a Twitter around. We got to get you up there to uh, to those David Harris numbers. Oh, David Harris, we have a mutual friend. He's a comedian who has nearly a million followers. <laughs> yes, wow. I have two hundred and sixty-five. No, Jordan. get him up. No, you do a delightful job on the Twitter, Joel. I follow you. Thank I can you. Thank you, uh, Jim. I'll be following you. At, Thank you, Jim. At Festante uh, on Twitter, also do a delightful job on there. Uh, so yeah, and uh, boom, uh, next week. 
Jesse Thorne will maybe be back, uh, or maybe he will have died. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>